My Big Black Fantasy Podcast presents Mix Nuts, Episode 2. It all starts right now. I'm not listening to that cracker. Okay. Hello and welcome to my Big Black Fantasy Podcast presents Mix Nuts, Episode 2. I'm here with J. Maddie. This is B, by the way, you guys. What's going on, B? Everything's good. We're, we're moving through this whole podcasting pro- progress and we're learning and getting all sorts of stuff. But, um, you know, everything's good. Um, I'm still pissed off. <laughs> B just lost our last podcast, so he's harping on it. Move on. on. Okay, I'm Move moving on. on with it. All right. I'm moving on with it. We got to redo the whole thing. Fuck it. Whatever. We're going to do it. Let's go. All right. So, we're here. Uh, we Back from Vegas. How you doing after Vegas? You know, I'm doing good. I'm uh, still kind of recovering. I found, you know, going to Vegas when you're 45 is not the same as going when you're 25, um, you, you know, when you're 25, you can go hard for three days and you need like a one day recovery at 45 that switches. It's like every one day you're in Vegas, you need three days of recovery. It's a one to three ratio and it's inverse depending on your age. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm finding that I'm good for one day in Vegas. Yeah. One day yeah. I can go hard one day and that's it. And I got back home and wanted to sleep more than anything else. But that's what 44 is. That's yep. what it feels like. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I had an experience. I came home and, you, you know, when I come home from work, my kids, they jump in my arms. They love on me. They tell me how much they love me. And it, it's, it's a good feeling. It makes me feel good at the end of my day. You know, all that. This time I came home from Vegas. Now I haven't seen them in three days. Of course, they run up. They jump in my arms. I love you, daddy. And all I could think was, dude, get the fuck <laughs> off me, you know? And, and I'm thinking as they're kissing me and saying how much they love me, I'm like thinking, of course you fucking love me. Of course you love me. Yeah. I, I, I feed you. I, I put on, a roof over your head. I give you a bed to sleep in. I buy you shit. Of I course you love me. Yeah, yeah. Of course you important. love me. What I'm trying to figure out is, why do I love them? That's, <laughs> that's the thought that came in my head as I laying on the couch miserable and they're running around the house screaming making the the, he, the hangover in my head echo. Why do I love them? No, good question. It's a, it's a biological trick your body pay, plays on you. That's what parenthood is. No, and I do love them. Don't get it twisted. I love my kids very much. But fucking why? Yeah. And it didn't hurt, It didn't help that you've been in Vegas with just, you know, dudes. You're with me and dog for three days. No responsibilities. Yeah. It's, it's you know, yep. it's a totally different lifestyle that's not yep. reality. When you find home, you realize all that Vegas shit is not reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know... You have, I think, you know, married men sometimes were like, well, why, why did I get married? Why? <laughs> don't you tell you're single for it, but don't, don't do it. Don't get married. Yeah. But, you know, when you get in Vegas with your buddies and now you're unsupervised and you make some decisions, <laughs> then, then that's when you realize why you're married. It's because men cannot roam the earth unsupervised. No. We sometimes need women to be in our ear telling us what to do and being a pain in our ass. Sometimes we need that. No, it's, we're not adults we aren't we're i don't even know what we are we're like man babies and if given the opportunity to screw something up we'll be right there for it. it's not that we're not adults men are responsible you go out you hold a job you Mm -hmm. you work hard you do all that it's that men men will men exhibit more risky behavior than women and we will we will do things that are probably not the best judgment just because we can't 
Yeah. You know, you get, you get away from the wives, you're in Vegas, you're going you're gonna to do some shit just because you can't. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to pay the price for that on Sunday. Or, yeah, yeah. And, and you, Monday. Yeah. And when you get home and you have to tell her what you did. Yeah. I'm not even talking about <laughs> what specific. We, we didn't do anything bad. No, good no, boys. of course not. Yeah. Mostly charity work and bl- reading, <laughs> reading to blind kids, right? We sat there and read some stories. That's and, right. You know, helping hands and all that other stuff. But so, no. Yeah. So what's going in on in the world? What do we miss? Well, you know, today, it actually is the 17th anniversary of September 11th. That's um, right. And you know, it's, you know, everyone, I don't, I'm not going to go through a whole thing of what September 11th is, but it just struck me as weird because I think this is the first time ever that I didn't wake up and instantly know that. Like it, it, and I don't want to say I'm numb to it because it was, you know, horrific, obviously. Yeah. Well, they say never forget, but people are starting to forget. Yeah, I mean, that's think thing. about it. There's a whole generation that's lived since then, you know, has 17 no years. Yeah, yeah. has no idea. But yeah. And so it's, it's time has passed. Um, are we safer? Probably not. Um, I don't think so. Are we hassled more at the airport? Definitely. Definitely. Um, so it's... I got the full pat down in Vegas. The full... Oh, you were telling the me. full yeah. Fanangi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But... And everyone always asks, where, where were you, what were you doing September 11th? What, what, what were you? Where were I, you? I was uh, working in a retirement home, mm-hmm. helping some people get to lunch. Yeah. And my psychotic fiance at the time, not my wife, this is my first fiance, called me up to ask if I was okay. She was crying, screaming in the phone, yeah. which is odd because I was in Los Angeles, but she she was had a screw loose. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I got the world's worst memory, legit worst memory. Like, I know a this. A lot of people say that. Yeah, but you do. I really have it. <laughs> you really do. I remember that day like yesterday. I remember everything. I remember everything we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It sticks. No, and this would be like she called you crying, but wasn't that like a normal occurrence with this one? Like oh yeah, she, she just called crying all the time. But with me, I was in a newsroom. I was working in news, and I was writing my last story, and this thing came across like the feeds we were watching on. You know, we watch every day the TV, like a hundred TVs, and we just saw this close up of this huge hole that had smoke just coming out of it. You couldn't even tell what it was, and. They panned back, and you could tell it was a trade center. You're like, whoa, that, you know. And then someone said something like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we heard a Cessna had, you know, a small plane had run into right. the building. And you're sitting there saying, that looks bigger <laughs> than a small plane. And of course, the rest of the day, you know, just sort of rolled after that. And I think I worked like a 14 hour shift. Um, and it, you know, you get caught up in the work so much. At one point, I was like, well, should I be here or should I be home? Like you didn't know. Cause there was all sorts of rumors, like another plane's coming to LA. And then there was like this rumor about this guy with the machine gun at the space needle in Seattle. Like we were hunting down all these rumors in, in the newsroom and it was just, it was very just sort of surreal. And everyone always says that, but you just didn't, it didn't feel possible that this could ever happen. And 17 years later, we have, you know, a couple of wars that resulted from it, and we have our airport security that resulted from it. We're still fighting those wars. Yeah, we have yeah. racism that continued. Well, it didn't result from it. There was always racism, but it intensified and reached out to other minority groups because of it. So, um, you know, are we much better than before that at all? What do you all? mean by better? Like as a country, you know, we talk about, you know, make great America great again. Were we better as a country before September 11th than now? You know, we have. Well, I mean, that's a broad general question. In it terms depends of how, how you're looking at it, it depends by what measure. In terms we're of better in ways, we're worse in ways. Yeah, and let's just go with people. People just being it's still pretty broad, but okay. I mean, but in terms of 
relationships. I don't think we're as kind to one another as we were back in uh, 2000. Sure. I don't think we're as kind to one another, but I'm, that's not because of 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened in 9-11, if anything, brought us very close as a nation for about a week. three, four years. There. No, for, <laughs> I mean, for a while, people were kind to each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but that is steadily eroded and <laughs> kindness has eroded. And I think that mostly falls on social media, really. I think that's what has really made it erode most. Yeah, it's, it's a huge the factor. unaccountability of saying whatever you want to say to whomever mm-hmm. um, in this anonymous platform. But yeah, so if we're talking about, I think in general, most people are good. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I really believe that. I, I think you probably have like. Five percent of the world population is psychopaths. I I, I tend to agree with um, that. I mean, they they actually say it's like one percent, but I th- I think that might be a little conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most people are, are pretty good, decent people. Um, but unfortunately, the loudmouths are the the crazies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, seventeen years later, uh, we you know, like I said, we had all these wars that resulted from that, um, and you know. It, it's just it's, uh, the, it's, over the wars. Like, when, when are they going to end? Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's the continue. biggest thing with me with, with politics. Like, mm-hmm. we, we don't talk about this at all. Mm-hmm. Definitely not enough. The, the wars we started 17 years ago are still going, still going and then some with no sign of an end time for it and no politicians even talking about any. End. And I'm trying to figure out what we got out of the deal. Uh, <laughs> Anything other than like a, a lot of debt, a lot of debt, a lot of debt. And we made a lot of enemies, died, and, and we killed a lot of innocent people. people. Yeah, well, it's not not good. So you know, the debate rages on with nine eleven. Um, Beyonce, can we talk about Beyonce? That's that's quite the pivot. But okay, <laughs> what's going on with Beyonce? <laughs> okay, so Beyonce, Jay Z, threatened by George Zimmerman, the man who killed Trayvon uh, Martin years ago. Threatened exactly how? Well, I can't imagine them in the same social circles. Well, this is how it happened. Uh, so Jay Z is pr- producing a documentary on Trayvon Martin. Okay, investigators showed up to uh, George Zimmerman's folks' house, I guess, trying to get information. Mm-hmm. He texted saying, basically, you know, uh, if they mess with me, they're going to end up in a thirteen-foot alligator. And yeah, he, he co- might be telling the truth. Yeah, uh, he, he he has a track record with yeah. that sort of thing, you know, with black folks in general. And he called uh, Beyonce a broke whore, which, you know, I'm, it, he's way off with that. At I mean, best, he's 50% accurate, uh, being optimistic. <laughs> now, Beyonce's not loose. She's got money. I don't know. And so he's, I think he's wrong on both counts. Go ahead. I like Beyonce, girl. Go. I like Beyonce, too. Yeah, get it. Not really. Yeah, you do. Everybody likes Beyonce. You, if you, if you so don't, what, what is there to you. say about this? He's, he's an asshole. Everybody well, already knows that. I mean, but... I mean, if you're still sticking up for George Zinnerman at this point in time, <laughs> you're, you're beyond reproach. We can't really turn you around. Well... I'm just trying to figure out, is he trying to be the person black people hate most? Is there like a race and he like wakes up and he's like number two on the list and he's like, no, wait, hold on. Well, you know, you know how they say, like I, I tell you for the, the podcast, like mm-hmm. any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. That that's just kind of applies to life. He's getting publicity. It keeps him relevant. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's going to be hated no matter what. Sure. Maybe this gets him into celebrity boxing or something. Who knows? Oh, God. Could, I, Most likely, it's you know him him just trying to stay relevant. There's going to be a line of people if he ever jumps into cele- celebrity boxing, and he's going to get dealt with. George Zimmerman versus Tanya Harding. Who wins? That'd be good. Maybe he could fight uh, Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. 
They they, they got went, they got at it right. <laughs> yeah, Cardi threw a shoe another, at another her. Story I don't care about. <laughs> Cardi threw a shoe. Didn't she walk away with a, a bruised eye though? Or something? Yeah. Well, there's a a woman I guess in, in Nicki Minaj's Anuraj Anuraj, who's also a rapper who got Cardi with the little mouse on the eye, elbowed her after uh, Cardi threw a shoe at Nicki Minaj. Cardi says that Nicki was disrespectful to her newborn child. Nicki denies it. And uh, the thing that came, I guess it was at some fancy smancy gala and it came out across as, you know, black people on Twitter saying, why would you go and behave like that in front of white people? And you're saying, well, wait, that has nothing to do with it. Like a little bit. It does. (laughs) No, why white people, but why would you behave like that in general? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter who you're behaving like. Don't get in a street fight. Well, you know, we're going to judge you for that. Well, that's the thing. But (laughs) I mean, but yeah, you're very judgy. I can tell (laughs) you're judging right now. But that was the thing. It was like all these people coming out. Why would they act that way in front of white people? Like, why would they act that way anyway? That's sort of... I, I couldn't give two fucks about either <laughs> of these people. This is so stupid. Yeah. First of all, what are they arguing about? Mm-hmm. You got a couple couple women who... They're multi, multi, multi-millionaires. Don't shoot at each other. Made all their money rapping. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like they... I almost used the term slaved away. I'm not going to use that don't, term. Please don't use that term. They, they, not like they work their tails off to get to the pinnacle, right? They, sure. they, they're talented. They put out some songs. They made all this money. And now they're tearing each other down. They should, they should be supporting one another. Well, they're, they're stupid. They're being, they're being catty women. Yeah. Supposedly they Cares. had a truce a year or so ago, but now no truce. Don't care. They both Game suck. on. They're gone. Um, Mac, sticking with music. Mac Miller. Uh, died. Um, guessing that was that an overdose. Yeah, I'm hearing. Yes, twenty six years old. I have literally no. I and this is I'm I'm old man now because I had no idea what he sang. I knew he was a performer. Yep. I knew that he dated Ariana Grande. I don't I know. Did, that's more than I knew. Yeah, I had. No, do you have? Do you know any of his songs? No, I'm looking them up right now. Okay. Um, no, I mean you're. I mean you're we're gonna seem like old men right now. Well, that I mean, but that it was amazing. I and knew it, who he was, and I, you know I I have listened to some of his songs. I just can't name them. Yeah, but um. He's pretty popular, sure. You know, but I mean, but that I, a whole like we said about nine eleven, it works this way too. Like, there's a generation doesn't really know about nine eleven. There's a generation that has no idea about Mac Mil- Mac Miller. And yeah, here's the thing: Mac Miller is now number one seventy eight mm-hmm. most followed person on Spotify. That that kind of stuff bothers me. He he definitely was not in the top two hundred before he died. People like glom on to that kind of stuff because they're gross. No, That's it's what that is. No, it's weird, but it's it it just shows you that you know because every generation still thinks they're cool. Like I, we still think we're the cool guys, but this is someone who appears was in the mainstream media that. Quite honestly, I can't recite a verse from, and maybe that means I'm old. No, I don't. I don't think. I mean, you're not cool, B. I'll just tell you that right now. Yeah, but it's so not cool. because you don't know who Mac Miller is. Like, not there's different definitions of what cool is to different people. To me, being cool doesn't has nothing to know knowing who Mac Miller is or knowing what's going on in the mainstream. It's walking to the beat of your own drum and doing your own thing and not giving a fuck. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. That's 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 the cool kid. The kid who just doesn't give a fuck what others think and he's just real. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, I I disagree. I am cool, number one. And you know this. Because you secretly want to be me, I think, mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of blows my mind. And the thing is, and, and I wonder, well, and I guess it's the same thing for us in our generation with, you know, the Cobains and Tupac and Biggie and all this other stuff. There are people who are like, I could give a fuck. I 
didn't listen to them, and that, yeah. that's just how it goes. It's but, it, but it's just sure. weird when it happens to you. It's like yeah. you're not in that cool mix, and you wonder why. You're not, you're not in the know. You're not, and it's that's do with cool. And it correlates to how many days you can do in Vegas. It's like one day, yeah, and it that's does. it. Yeah, that's These, another, an inversely proportional. Figure. Yeah, yep. if you listen to Mac Miller, you could probably do like four days in Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> like and probably do yeah. Molly one, and all this one day of recovery. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, if you're into Mac Miller, you can definitely do at least three days in Vegas with one day recovery. There you go. If you're not, you probably need one day, three days recovery. At least. Yeah. Um, Norm McDonald, comedian. Yeah, I just saw that yeah. on the way here. Sure. We love we, Norm. We keep things up to date on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Norm McDonald defends Roseanne and Louis C.K. He's starting a new Netflix show, and he actually facilitated a I guess a phone conversation between Roseanne and Lewis, which probably was the funniest phone conversation ever. I mean Lewis is probably on there like, yeah, so Louis, not Lewis. Or sorry, Louis CK is probably like, yeah, so uh I groped some gr- or no, I made I, I watched made some women watch me masturbate. And Roseanne's like, well I called a lady an ape. But that's I, All right, I, I, I'm gonna clarify both those statements and your pretend discussion. <laughs> Louis did not make anyone watch him masturbate. Okay. He asked ladies if they would if watch they, a masturbate, mm-hmm. okay? All right. So I see a lot of mischaracterizations <laughs> of what's been going on here. I'm not going to let you do that here on the show. All Roseanne right. did not call an, a lady an ape. She <laughs> referenced her swinging ape balls. Ape balls. So, that, right? so if you're going to besmirch it, them, get it right. That makes it completely different. I'm sorry. But no, Louis C.K., I'm sorry. If I, Louis C.K., if I got that wrong, he did not forcibly make someone watch him but he did have a supervisorial position over them as he asked them to watch him masturbate but anyway um norm mcdonald formerly of saturday night live defended both of them saying you know essentially they were also victimized and that here's they, what he said i okay, got the quote right have now. He said she was just so broken and crying continually um there are very few people that have gone through what they have mm-hmm. losing everything in a day of course people will go what about the victims but you know what? The victims didn't have to go through all that. Interesting take. Um, yeah. not the best take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I, you know, you know how where I stand on these positions. But that's that's not the best take because the victims are still victims. in all these situations. Sure. They're they're victims regardless. Yeah. No, they didn't go through exactly. They didn't lose everything in a day necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're the victims of the person who lost everything in the day. Sure, you know that those people are the perpetrators. So. It's a little more um, justice, those people losing something, than the victim. Yeah. The victim did nothing wrong. No, it, you know, he's, he's, in, it should be noted that he has a relationship with Louis C.K. Roseanne, I think, gave him his first job. So there's obviously some loyalty there. And, you know, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think he, I think he just clumsily said that. It was in an interview. I think he's just trying to, to say they're not the worst people in the world. Mm-hmm. Let's, and, and let's not forget they have paid their dues yeah. and maybe they deserve a second chance. That's probably a better way to say what he wanted what to he say. What he wanted to say. I, I get that. And Norm's a funny guy. I've always hilarious. Th- th- thought he was a hilarious comedian, um, he, you know, even when he was on Saturday Night Live and he eventually got fired there. Um, but his show actually is unique in that it will not be topical. It'll just be basically him God. coming up with some crazy stuff. One person interview... Um, they won't. Uh, he's Sounds gonna, more like a podcast. Well, may, hey, Norm, if you're interested, you can come join us. We'll be right here. 
Uh, he's going to try not to get too political or political at all. And so Good. everybody, everybody's has a, to do politics these days. Let's I'll just tune have in. Some funny. I just want to have yeah, some funny. I'll tune in. It's on Netflix. I saw, I think one of his clips, he's talking to Jane Fonda, which is, I guess, as random as you can get. If you know, you're talking to Jane Fonda about, I don't know well, what you talked to her about. Probably politics. Maybe. Well, maybe <laughs> yeah. he avoids it, but he said he's not going to be a pundit. So we'll see. You know, I'll tune in. It's on Netflix. Check it out whenever it comes on. I don't have it in front of me. Um, CBS, stick, sticking with networks. Uh, Les Moonves, the CEO of CBS, resigning. Uh, sexual harassment, once again. Uh, what do you do? Among s- several things, I think there's multiple women that said that he forced him, them to have oral sex with him. Um, the whole thing that made this very interesting is that his wife, Julie Chin, is on a CBS sh- talk show called The, <laughs> the Talk, Um I think as this thing broke, she was fortunate enough to be sort of, I think they were on break. They come, come back this week, uh, to an, and then as they come back, Moonves announced he, he's resigning. She also says, I'm not going to go on the show. I'm going to spend time with my family. It was, seems like it was choreographed that way. Um, Les Moonves to walk away gets $100 million in walk away money. That ain't bad. I'd forcibly, no, I wouldn't. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> you but, finish that, finish that sentence. <laughs> yeah, you got to figure out. I mean, so the reward for the forcible oral sex was $100 million. You, there's a lot of guys scratching their head right now thinking about, man, Becky at the desk at work. Man, I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm gonna get that hundred million, but no, don't uh, don't harass. But you're saying it's, saying it's worth it to put someone through that if you can get pay them off for hundred million. <laughs> million dollars. I was thinking the other way. Would I, I let someone force me into sex, sex for a hundred million and then and split? Hell it. Yeah, yeah, for a hundred. But million. I guess if you, if you consent to it, then it's not forcible. No, yeah, it's a, you're missing the whole thing. My buddies and I we used to play this game called How Much Would You For, where you, we'd present a disgusting scenario. Okay, and then the other guy would ask all kinds of questions to set the parameters and the mm-hmm. the idea of the game was to. How much would you for? How much would you do that thing for? Yeah. Yeah. That's what that felt that like would, a little bit to me. I, I always won that game. Yeah. But $100 million for Mr. Moonves to walk away. Can I bring something up? Go right ahead. All right. So um, what, what do you want to talk about? The, I want, there's uh, Dear White People, the show, and there's <laughs> Serena getting penalized. Which one? Uh, let's do, you know, we could do both. All right. Uh, pick one. All right. So Dear White People. Mm-hmm. All right. Have you seen the show on Netflix? No. All right. It's awful. Okay. I watched season one because, you know, You're I, well, I watched the first three episodes of season one. Again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not a, a show celebrating whiteness. It's called Dear White People. It's a black woman saying, Dear White People. Yeah. You know, like lecturing. Mm-hmm. Okay. The premise of the show is, um, Dear White People, you cannot go to a Halloween party dressed in blackface. So on and so forth. All, like all these rules, right? Hey, do you check those off your list as you go? Do you oh, say, I mean, oh, they're no. ruining my whole life. I'm like, I'm running out of things to do here. Um, but so they go through all these rules, blah, 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 blah. Point mm-hmm. is, it's not, a, it's not a great show. Okay. I, I'm, I love shows that are different like that. I love interesting shows. I love shows about transvestites, gay guys, anything that's weird, right? Mm-hmm. I'm into it. So I, I give the show a chance. Yeah. Not that good. Some people like it, whatever. You know, everybody has their own taste. Point is, go on Rotten Tomatoes the other night for family movie night to try to find a movie, and I see up there, Dear White People, 100% rating. Okay? 100%. 100%. Perfect. Couldn't be better. It's 100%. Sure. I also noticed, Get Out, 100%. Couldn't be better. (laughs) Perfect movie. Again, Black Panther, 100%. (laughs) Greatest movie of all time. What do all three of these movies have in common? 
Black people. Black people. They're 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 movies by so I think these I think we're getting some affirmative action on these movies. And it's kind of it's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Because Dear White People sucked. Okay, mm-hmm. if you like it fine. At best it's an eighty. Mm-hmm. That's being generous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get out was being talked about like it might be the greatest film of all time. It was and intriguing. I went into I like Get Out. I went into it with very high expectations based on what I heard. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a great premise. Yeah. It was a great premise, very clever. Mm-hmm. And it was a decent movie. It was kind of funny. It was a little bit scary, but it was it was no one hundred. I mean, for for example, okay, other horror movies, The mm-hmm. Shining. Yeah, The Shining. Okay, maybe the greatest greatest horror film of all time. You got Jack Nicholson. You know, eighty six percent. Yeah, Get Out's a hundred, but The Shining is eighty six percent. Well, I mean that that may not be right. You got that- the mist. Yeah, Stephen King, seventy-two percent. Sure, but you see, Henry, that, uh, go ahead. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, okay. one of the creepiest shits you ever see, eighty-six percent. Gotcha. But Get Out, one hundred, perfect, one hundred. Cannot cannot be better. This happens with sports figures and with everything. More most recent stuff is going to get the higher percentage because people are f- more familiar with it because they just saw it. No, it's not true because if you go through the list of the hundreds, mm-hmm. most of it's from like nineteen thirty and nineteen forty. So, again, you're wrong. No, I mean, but you see, this is the thing. You have some movies that are classics that will always get 100%. You have newer movies that people will say, well, this is the greatest movie just because I saw it yesterday. And in the middle is like the movies like The Shining and stuff like that, where people sort of, there's generations that don't know about it, that sort of thing. So, it it may not all be race. It may be that, just the proximity. I I think it's mostly race. Well, I mean... Like, give me another recent movie that's okay. come out that got a hundred. Uh, Black Panther. I mean, but like with like Mar- any of those like Marvel movies, right? Hundred percent. Well, no, no, no. They don't really, get, they don't no hundred. No. And and what was the the big Avengers one? Yeah, that, was a huge, that didn't get a hundred. Oh. No. Well, you know, we we're, you got to give us something. Let, let me ask you this: <laughs> Could could we do a show on Netflix called Dear Black Folk? Yeah. Yeah, I think you get away with it. Uh, show it's all white characters, Car- all white dear characters. Black, dear they black people talk about what people. Dear black might... people in a lecturing tone, holding on my finger. Well, dear black no, people. Well, this that you see. That's the thing. Well, that's what this was. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where, and don't say I'm not saying it's right, but there's more of an acceptance of black people telling you how they want to be treated because they've been mistreated. Sure. Versus sure. anytime a white person wants Fair. to tell you how to do anything, you're automatically, even if it's 100% right, you're like, I'm not listening to that cracker. Okay. You know, you're whatever. Not, you're actually making sense, sir. Yeah. So that's... That's fair. That's what I'm saying. And I know I know all the history. I know everything. Sure. All I'm saying is, you know, as, as a movie lover and someone who... Who we have movie night every Friday. This is this is bullshit. This is affirmative action on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. That's where we're getting here. Yeah. All right. So let we're, we're move on. Unless you have something else to no, say. No, no, no. Keep that. going. All right. Talk about Serena. So she's you know we we had the whole cat suit controversy. Yes, we did. Now this last week she's back in the news because she got a, accused of cheating or something. <laughs> With the coach, and she yeah. went she went after the guy and sure. and threw threw a tantrum. Yes, basically. Yes. And then the next day, I'm, I'm in a patient's house, and she has some talk show on, maybe The View or whatever it is with all the, the catty women sitting mm-hmm. around. Yeah. And, you know, of course, they're chalking it all up to racism, and they would they would not, if this was a white woman, blah, 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 they, they would not have treated her this way, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. This is where I identify with her on what she's saying. And I don't, this is not a black-white thing for me. 
the point she made about being a woman and how these female tennis, I'm sorry, female tennis players, but also female athletes are treated as opposed to these male athletes. I've seen male athletes throw rackets, uh, throw clothes, throw shoes, throw whatever, and not be thrown out of a game. And she has a point. Um, There's another another incident that happened right before that. I guess it involved another female tennis player who took off her shirt because she had it on the wrong way. And I think she was penalized because it was inexcusable. Just a week or so. John McEnroe would freak out like that. He didn't get penalized. I'm pretty sure he would get penalized. But I think he was given a longer rope. I think because he acted the way he acted, they did not hit him for every little thing. Serena, I think for the most part, has been a consummate professional on the court. And what she's asking for is the same leeway that you give to John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors. Did they did they hit her for throwing the fit, or did they hit her for the for cheating? Well, they said her coach was coaching, okay. and that has some, that has nothing to do with what she did. And we get back to these weird old time rules that tennis and golf and people like that have these old sports. How do you how do you penalize her for something her coach did? I don't know, but yeah. rules rules are rules. They're rules, and I don't see how someone breaks a rule. You got to chalk it up to yeah racism. But, well, well, I don't know if it's. I wouldn't go that far, but I think the thing is, is that he there was some dispute as to whether or not he was even coaching from the stands. It, this is a major moment, and I mean, it's not like you know you're playing at the Y or something like that. You're playing at the U.S. Open. This is a huge event. Uh, the young lady that beat Serena, um, her name escapes me right now because I'm getting older, but the young lady who beat her, it's a huge moment for her. And instead of celebrating that, they ended up spending the whole day yeah, talking I mean, that's about... Just, that's just the media, though. You it's know like I mean? he, and, and all the golf tournaments, when Tiger didn't win, Tiger was still the story. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah that's the thing but this was for negative stuff and it was because you know she had the altercation with the umpire or the linesman whatever you want to call the guy but she made a point and you i I admire the point female athletes are not allowed to get away with as much as male athletes and that's true and you could look at every tennis player i saw a tennis player that's a pretty subjective observation i i I would like to see a comparison of yeah. No, I mean, I saw a tennis player break a racket the other day, a male tennis player, the uh, young lady who removed her shirt uh, to change okay, the other side. Okay, but to say they differently, you would have to say some male tennis player was talking to their coach in the stands and did not get penalized for that. That would be a fair comparison. Serena yeah. didn't break her racket, so well, it's not a fair comparison. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, you got to compare apples to apples. Yeah, you got to compare apples to apples, but you got to look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture, this is the U.S. Open. And the people that came there, pay their money, did not come there to see the referee. Yeah, it might have been a stupid call. Yeah, but to, to say yeah. to say it's because of sexism or racism doesn't seem doesn't seem fair to me. Yeah, I I think that you know if you're a, sometimes you know, a bad call is just a bad call. It's or, a bad call. Or maybe she was cheating. I don't know. I yeah. don't know enough about tennis. Yeah, I don't think she was cheating. I think the thing is, is he he got his moment in the spotlight at the U.S. Open when it should have been reserved for the two tennis players. And that's how I see it. I don't think it was racism. I think she had a good point about you have, I have noticed that women are not allowed to go off like men athletes are. That's what I've noticed. But yeah, it it was not good judgment by the official. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can we, can we talk about um, Eminem's new album? Can we talk about some white people? Uh, Sure. You ain't white. You ain't right. All right. I'd love to. So, have you heard Eminem's new album? 
Yes, I have. What do you think? Not great. Yeah, it's all right. It's better than his last one. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but 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 here's here's my thing with this. Mm-hmm. Eminem, I'm not sure how old he is, but I'm pretty sure he's over 40. Yeah. This whole album is diss tracks. Yeah. Okay? It's an album full of diss tracks. <laughs> yeah. You're 40, dude. Let it go. Like, grow the fuck up. Like... A diss track might be cool when you're 23 and you're you're Biggie and you're Tupac and you're having some East Coast West Coast beef and your kids and there's you know mm-hmm. you're legit gangsters even yeah. but you're 40 you're a multimillionaire like come on yeah. it's it's pretty lame like you're it, I think it's pretty pathetic to be doing diss tracks when you're a 40 year old man no you, you I mean you, you have a point up. you have a point I mean think of us we're we're in Vegas last week and you know we go to we go out we're not looking to start a fight. We're looking to have a drink no. and sit in the lounge right. and talk, and that's that's our highlight. Yeah. So at forty, that exactly. that should be your speed. Um, yeah. I will say this about the album. That's a good analogy. No, that, I mean that's it. You 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 just don't. You're not expected to get into fights in your forties. This is the time when you're supposed to just be kind of mellowing out. No, I mean if, and that's if a fight comes to you, you yeah, you, you respect respect your yeah, family you do, or whatever. Sure. But, but you're not that guy. And, and a diss track's not even a fight it's yeah. like one step lamer than a fight yeah i'm it's just like gonna come neener you. neener you yeah know? i got you i i will say you know despite how people view the record or the album whatever um he is still extremely talented i mean sure I and mean, he's going off of yeah the speed in that album that's what i'm saying yeah. no the speed is ridiculous and if you're into that sort of thing then you love it because i thought that guy played it for me who loved it and he's in he's like man listen and i'm like okay i can't but if you are looking for something you could dance to, the, well, that's never really that's been never, that's not that's not thing, been hip right? hop's forte. Yeah, so that's the thing. Is there's no real cool like hooks or anything. So that's not if if that's for you, you're not gonna like the album. Um, let's see. Oh, there's a story that is interesting in Dallas where there's I don't know if you heard about it. This uh, off duty police woman, it, uh, supposedly this is what happened. She goes into uh, what she thinks is her apartment one night. She finds oh, someone in there. This. Yeah, she finds someone in there, shoots the guy. He happens to be black. Kills him. And oh, he was black? Yeah, he she was. Was, was she white? She's white. Oh, boy. So she kills him. She tells, she calls 911 and says, holy, you know, holy shit. This is my, I thought it was my apartment. I thought he was breaking in. I told him to freeze. He didn't freeze. And I shot him. I killed him. All right, now time out right there. Okay. As the man with the world's worst memory, okay. as a man who does some extremely absent-minded shit you know i get out i get out of the shower yeah at least three times a week mm-hmm. and i've forgotten to wash the shampoo out of my hair at least three <laughs> times a week that's not an exaggeration i did it last night mm-hmm. sometimes i don't know i didn't wash the shampoo out of my hair till the next morning when i get back in the shower and the suds start coming out okay <laughs> so world's most forgetful man yeah who does very absent-minded things sure i've walked into other people's apartments I could, i've actually I could see that. done that mm-hmm. you don't walk into the apartment and then never once start shooting when you see somebody you walk in the apartment and it takes oh point one second to realize oh this is the wrong goddamn apartment yeah and you turn around you apologize right as soon as she walked in that apartment whether even if these are like the kind of apartments where they're all identical mm-hmm. setups yeah he's got different shit in that apartment sure. that she has he's got different shit on the walls yeah she she knew as soon as she was in there I'm not buying this well, one I'm what not she, buying it what she says is that it was dark and then she didn't turn on the lights until after she shot him now it was it was. Too dark to see the furniture, but she could see the dark man in the darkness. Well, that's I'm just telling you. Come on, you that doesn't that doesn't even make sense just but from wait, a science point of view. Let me tell you, you what, said the guy's black. Yeah, right? she's black. Well, she, she could see the black guy in and, the dark, and but he, she couldn't see the couch from from how Come it on. looked. He looked like he was maybe a one creamer. 
God. Yeah, so she she maybe couldn't have seen him. But anyway, what is cold blooded? This is a cold blooded part. There were two witnesses that said that she they heard her or sorry they heard a female voice before the shooting say, "Let me in, let me in." So there was a thought that she knew this guy. And then you think about it, and I don't know how long the lady lived there. If it was just, you know, recent, you know, you could excuse it. But supposedly this guy lived directly above her. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason for her making the mistake. If you're in that situation, if you're in an apartment, and I don't know how long. Did they have a there, relationship? That, well, that's what they're trying to figure out. Okay. I'm guessing yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm not buying this. I wa- I'm just, no, you know, a lot no, of these no. cop things, I think the cops... Um, we always assume the cops guilty in these situations mm-hmm. and I don't like to do that. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, I like to wait for all the facts come out and then sometimes we find out, oh, well, the, the cop might not be the bad guy here. Yeah. I don't see how that can be the case here. Like the, she walked into someone else's apartment and shot the shot a man to death. It's tragic. Yeah. No, it's a little bit. It's a, I mean, it's darkly humorous if you remove yourself from, from humanity, the situation, yeah. right? But it's tragic. Like, no, imagine if that guy is, is your father or your son. Like, some woman just walked in his apartment Killed and assassinated him. him. Yeah, that's a terrible way to go. And she's Jeez. been arrested for but for manslaughter. There's a group, of course, protesting that she should be charged with murder as opposed to manslaughter. That's all going to be for the courts the to only, decide. The only way I buy it is if she was high as fuck on something. And if you're high as fuck, then is it murder or is it manslaughter? Then I think you'd go more toward the manslaughter. Or at okay. least that's what they would try okay. to... You, your lawyer she would better hope she was on that good shit. Yeah. It's sounding more and more like she knew the guy and it became physical. Because they, like I said, there's two witnesses that said they heard a woman's... And we don't know. They don't know if it's her voice. But coincidence. Yeah. And... If you know, I mean, if you've been in an apartment or in any kind of situation where someone's living above you, wouldn't you know that person? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just because of the noise. Hey, I'm such and such. I'm going to be having a party here tonight. Just want to let you know. I don't know. You know, you know some people don't know their neighbors. Yeah. But th- to think that you're going to walk into someone else's apartment and not realize that it's someone else's apartment. I'm telling you, I've done this. Yeah. But you, you make a quick one. Just like walking in a female restroom. Which I know you've also. Yeah, I did that in Vegas, yes, I right? Know. I did that in Vegas. I wa- I went in the. It was four a.m. I was not sober. I went in the casino. I went. I you know I had to have my seventeenth bowel movement of the night. Nice. I went right into the ladies' restroom, mm-hmm. and I did realize it. You know, I realized it. I'm like, there's no urinals. But yeah. by the time I realized that, it was you things were, were in action, man. Yeah, dude, you, things were in action. Things were a, moving. You had a cliffhanger. Yeah, so yeah, was... I I did what I had to do, and and on the the way out, officers waiting there. I'm like, I'm sorry, officer. You know, I I, I, I had to let it go. My yeah. fault. Yeah, and, and 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 they let me go. White privilege. Yeah, right on. White power. White power. But um, you don't walk into somebody's apartment and not realize it because I've done that, and you do realize it. You you see what's there. And, and you're like, this is warrant. I almost got in another car the other day. So, I mean, I've but, done that too. I yeah. did I did that two weeks ago. Did that two weeks ago. <laughs> this uh, outside of Whole Foods. Yeah. An identical car parked next to mine. And I went and clicked the thing and it wasn't open. And I was getting frustrated. I'm pulling the door. And then the girl whose car it was, she's walking out and she clicked it coming on. And I thought I clicked it. And I pulled it and I sat down in her car and shut the door. But then you know what? It didn't. I didn't right. pull out my gun and shoot her. Yeah. I realized... Hey, this is not my shit in this car. Yeah. And I got out of the car. Good wise decision, wise move. What else is going on? Um well the bride and I are on the carnivore diet. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, we're back on that. You're gonna do you know nice what that is? Lean. You guys are do, just doing what? Hardcore meat? What is that? Carnivore diet. So we did this in January. I did it for three months. I lost 20 pounds that I did not really need to lose. I'm pretty svelte, right? Yes. But I didn't, I didn't do it to lose weight. I, I did it as a pain management strategy. So the diet is what it sounds like, carnivore. Mm. All you eat is meat. Yeah. That's it. Mm. Beef, chicken, salt and pepper. That's all you eat. So we're on like day three, since we've been back from Vegas and I've already lost a couple pounds. But the idea is um, it turns down the inflammation in your body and it works. It drops my pain. You know, after about two weeks, it'll drop it by like 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's valuable in that way. The bride's doing it because uh, she thinks she needs to lose some weight and I'm not going to argue with her even though she's a beautiful lady. So we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll keep you all posted on that but we're even taking it up a notch this okay time. what are you doing so in addition to the carnivore diet we are fasting for 16 hours a day that's painful which means i usually stop eating around 11 at night and i don't eat again until about 5 p.m mm-hmm. and she's doing the same thing you guys are very committed yeah you know I, we like to try some shit and go out when we do it no I, I thought like when you said take it up a notch i thought you guys were going to do something like physical like you guys are going to like kickbox each other or do some crazy shit like that. Sometimes I take the steak and I slap her around for a little <laughs> bit when the kids aren't home. And yeah. And she's into it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my she's God. She's a good girl. <laughs> we have not talked about your boy Kaepernick. Oh, and that we talked about him a little bit in Vegas, but go ahead. We'll talk about him again. Oh, we did? About the, the very, Nike ad? Very briefly. We were occupied. And, All right. Yeah, well, distracted by models. I was not sober during that podcast. I so. do remember. So uh, what's your take on the, the cap and, and Nike? The thing? whole Nike thing. I, you know, I salute Nike because I think what was important, especially now, is to let other people know that there's more than one demographic, that there are there's a changing sort of consumer community that they've always been able to uh, identify. And the thing that's telling is you know that they did the research because they, they are a business and they're not going to do anything that's going to, you know, hamstring them financially. So they made a move. They took a hit, I think, for one day, and then they rebounded, uh, like, tremendously over the next week in terms of, you know, their their stocks and whatever else they have yeah. going on. Um yeah, I bought that stock when it was down. It's just it's it's just reactionary and it's silly. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it it, it jumped right back. Protests up. in general, or not protests, boycotts, mm-hmm. for the most part, are usually ineffective. Yeah, especially when th- in this boycott, you got people out there like burning the gear they already bought. That's you know the I mean? dumbest shit. So so what are you gonna do? You know what you're gonna do? Mm-hmm. You're gonna go out two weeks later and replace it, and you. You probably go to Nike because you probably like Nike. Yeah. Well, that I mean, the thing is, is like, okay. And I, I mentioned this in Vegas, but you probably don't remember. But, okay, so if Viagra sponsored Ka- Kaepernick, what would you cut off? <laughs> would you cut off your, your dick because you don't like the Well, that the, the, he's not sponsoring. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's stupid. So if there's a product that you use... How do you, I mean, if it was a different product, how would you show your rebellion? Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it, it, it makes absolutely no sense. I can't think of a boycott that has worked historically. No. Well, I'm there's sure that, there is one, but that, I can't that, think. That, you know, that whole bus thing, that bus boycott with the black people. Remember that little. Did that work? Yeah. It, well, <laughs> we shall overcome. <laughs> but, yeah, I heard good things about it. Yeah. You should read up on it. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. What else? Well, I got family in town, so this is, this is something I want to bring up, ask you about how okay. you feel about it. So I got I got family in town now. I don't know if you know this, but my wife and her family, they're Filipino. Yes, they are. I don't know if you know much about Filipinos, but they're 
Asian. And short. I don't know if you know much about Asians, but they love to take some goddamn pictures. Like, yeah. Now, let's get all the stereotypes yeah. out now. Even, well, this is just fact. All right. <laughs> they love to take pictures. Yeah. Okay. Even before the cell phone had a camera in it, mm-hmm. they'd be out there with their big old Polaroids or whatever, just take snap, snip, snappity away with the pictures. Yeah. Okay. So now that you have the camera right on the phone, it's like you go out, you got to, to eat with her family. I swear 50% of the dinner is spent taking pictures and smiling for pictures, like to the point where you're ruining the experience of the dinner. Dinner, you don't, yeah. It's like, it's like people are forgetting how to be in the moment. No. Either they're taking a picture or they're checking their social media or they're thinking about the picture they're going to post later to immemorial, to show everybody how good a time they had at this dinner yeah. or they're taking a picture or they're ordering a food that looks good so they can post it on Instagram. Mm. People are forgetting how to be in the moment. And I think two things. Number one, restaurants should start to adopt some kind of policy where you check your phone at the door. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. believe that. Yeah, yeah. Like comedians, there are some. There are comedians some and rock concerts do that now. There's um, bags when you go see a certain comedian, mm-hmm. um, and they make you put your 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 phone in the bag and and they zip it up, and then you can't touch it till after the show. Sure, that's cool. It forces you to be in the moment, mm-hmm. and we've lost the ability to stay in the moment ourselves. You go into dinner. That's that's as social as it gets. You're sitting down with people and you're breaking bread, mm-hmm. right? That's that's as human as it gets. And we're ruining that experience by with these phones. Yeah, you know, we, no. I, my wife does the same thing. She sits up there, and we sit down to eat. Nice restaurant. Want to enjoy the food? Get the food gets on the table. You're anxious to eat it. She tells you to stop so she can take a picture of it. And your food is getting cold because she wants to get the right lighting and the right whatever. And you, like you said, it, you're so interested in what someone else is going to think about your meal or your event or whatever adventure you're on that. Something is lost in between because then you whatever it is you never it's never a natural transition back into eating or your conversation which is like supposed to be the most important thing is the time you spend with each yeah, other man. it's there's never a natural transition back into that you know it's always something else but no I you know cell phones and social media once again going out to eat used to be my favorite thing to do I I just I would love having a couple drinks sitting down with a friend a a girlfriend whatever and just shooting the shit and getting to know each other sure and and I don't think younger people really truly experience in that in the same way that my generation did because Mm -hmm. they can't make it through a meal without picking up that phone they they just can't and you be in any restaurant and you see it you see you you see a couple sitting together and they're both going away on the phone so that's number one number two because they're taking so many pictures, right? And we're, we're taking all these pictures through the whole meal. Mm-hmm. Every picture to my children, my boys. Smile. They make them stop whatever they're doing. Smile, <laughs> smile, smile. And, and, and this might be controversial or weird, but I don't think that we should be forcing children to smile for pictures. It's like we're teaching them to be fake. Like pretend you're happy for the camera so that we can show everybody what a good time we're having as a family and what great parents we are. Look how happy our children are. Yeah. You're kind of teaching your kids just from telling them to smile for pictures to be phony. Mm-hmm. And yet that that might seem out there, um, but it's it's conditioning. No, it you're is. Conditioning. It's not. Camera comes on, smile, smile for the picture, pretend you're happy. Yeah. And you're not really. You're not. You really don't want to be here. But yeah, kid, the yeah. kid doesn't want to even get his picture taken. Now it's you know it's okay once in a while. You want a nice family photo. But when you're shoving the camera in the kid's face twenty times a day, mm-hmm. and a lot of parents do that, and you're telling them to smile every time, you're teaching this 
kid. It's like it's like Pavlov's dog. Every time you ring the bell, it starts drooling. It's like the yeah. kid sees the camera come out. You see some kids, the camera comes out, they start posing. Yeah. Young kids as old as four and five. I've and they're, seen it. they're sort of patterned to be unnatural. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, okay, this this is supposed to be a situation when I'm happy. I feel like shit, but here, you know. Yeah, I don't, I, think, I don't think it's healthy, too. You have kids who they start saying, like, my son, he said to me, oh, you should post that one on Facebook, Daddy. <laughs> right? I don't know. Everyone. And, and I have posted pictures on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want him thinking that, like, thinking in that mentality. So we're training them. In that way. What's up? Your hey, wife is home. I know. Finally. Hey, darling. I can't see her face, but she's there. Trust me. But no, I see what you're saying. And same thing with my daughter is, you know, daddy posts this or, hey, how many followers do you have now? Or how, yeah, you that's know, not, that's it, not that's healthy not at healthy eight at years old, nine no, years old. I agree. I agree. I, I got, I just got one more quick thing. Okay. So, um, so the ultimate podcaster out there, Joe Rogan, you know, he's kind of the one who started this whole thing. He's got an audience that's 20 times the size of CNN. Mm-hmm. While we were in Vegas, he had Elon Musk on, and I had yeah. the chance oh, to listen yes, to that yes, yes. yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty interesting conversation, though for a genius, it wasn't as interesting as, as it probably should have been. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, he's had Neil deGrasse Tyson on there and other physicists, and they just blow you away with their knowledge. Elon was, he didn't blow me away, let's put it that way. Yeah. But what I took away from this is towards the end of the interview, they spark up together. You know, Joe yeah. Rogan sm- smokes a lot of weed mm-hmm. and Elon s- sparks up. Mm-hmm. Their stock, Tesla stock, yeah. took a 10% dive Plummeted. immediately after that. Mm-hmm. How silly are we? It, you know, the weed thing is getting harder and harder to, you know, it, it's legal. In, and it's probably going to be legal in more states in another 10 years. And, you know... I, you know, I guess it makes shareholders nervous, and I guess shareholders are for what? For what? I don't know. It maybe if they're of the age of when you know of the the age of people who think that it should make you nervous. I, you know, it's so Elon's just going to take two puffs on the Joe Rogan show, and his and, brain's going to explode. Well, or he's going to be a full blown addict. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't understand at I, all. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder to. I jumped on that just like the Nike stock. I'm t- that's like a ten percent sure, discount. Throwing in there. Yeah. No, it's hard to differentiate between you know weed and marijuana weed i'm sorry weed and alcohol it's starting to get harder and harder because it's legal now in some aspects i mean it's still federally there's some tie-ups or whatever but that's where the nation is heading i think you know in the in our lifetime i think it'll probably be legal in most states or at least recreationally um you know it almost definitely will and (laughs) and i I mean i've been singing this note for at least 20 years yeah like if i'm a politician number one if i want to win as a politician sure that's my that's that's my your platform my big platform yeah because and it's not just pandering it's a little bit pandering you're going to get a lot of potheads who otherwise don't vote coming out to vote mm-hmm. but number two it's really fucking important for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. um, it really can be used as medicine yeah I mean for for epileptics and cancer patients sure. there's nothing better than marijuana mm-hmm. so that's number one number two it can solve a lot of our financial woes I mean Colorado is fucking crushing it. In taxes, yeah, and California is doing pretty well as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a financial boom. Number three, hemp, which doesn't even get you high. Hemp is non psychoactive, is maybe the most useful plant on the planet. I mean, you can make you can make anything out of it. Yeah. It's it's as strong as steel, but it's about as light as bamboo. Mm-hmm. So you got an extremely useful product, and maybe most importantly, the prison system. Yeah, it's loaded with Nonviolent drug users and people who are selling marijuana. That's costing the taxpayer 
billions of dollars, number one, mm-hmm. and it's costing a lot of people their lives who should be free. Sure. So th- legalizing it everywhere, take care of four major problems right there. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's heading that way, and Elon Musk is still going to be brilliant whether he puffs on a, a, a joint or drinks a beer. So, yeah, people overreact just like they did with Nike. And that's, yeah. you know, and I'm sure there's a bounce back for Tesla as well. So does this position mean you're willing to spark up with me here on the on the pod? Uh, as soon as I know there are no drug tests in my future, you <laughs> may right. have a deal, my friend. All right, right on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this edition of Mixed Nuts, episode two. We do hope you enjoyed it. We do hope that I'm able to save this podcast as opposed to burning it like the last one. In terms of this computer deleted the whole thing, but we're 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 gonna save it's this still one. Still gnawing at you, huh? Yeah, it's Just let it, it go, man. It, it's I can't. Okay. It's bothering me. I can't take it. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with more, and also we'll have another fantasy show at some point in the future. Uh, I lost the last one. It, it may resurrect itself. We don't know. Anyway, uh, again, our our information at my big black fp on Twitter. That's Jay Maddie, and then at b underscore mbbfp like my big black fantasy podcast facebook.com the dad is super bad and guys just love one another and don't be pussies exactly enjoy it you guys thanks for listening i was gonna get up and find the broom but then i got high uh, my is still messed up and i know why why man yeah, yeah. cause i got high because i got high because i got high La, da, 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 da. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Uh, I could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. Uh, uh, la, da, I'm taking it next semester and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Go to the next, go to the next, go to the next. Uh, I was gonna go to court before I got high. I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wasn't. Uh, they took my whole paycheck, and I know why. Why, Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I wasn't gonna run from the cops, but I was high. I'm serious, man. I was gonna pull right over and stop, but I was high. Now I'm a paraplegic and I know why. Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was gonna make love to you, but then I got high. I'm serious. I was gonna eat your pussy too, but then I got high. Now I'm jacking off and I know why. I messed up my entire life because I got high. I lost my kids and wife because I got high. Now I'm sleeping on the sidewalk and I know why. Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Stop singing this song because I'm high. I'm singing this whole thing wrong because I'm high. And if I don't sell one copy, I don't know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I'm high. 